Hey everybody, it's your girl, Charlotte Van Horn, Black Expats in Panama, by way of Glassboro, New Jersey, right here on BlackSidRadio.com. I'm practicing my radio voice, y'all. I'm trying not to holler at y'all. I'm just so loud. <laughs> what up, what up? I hope that you guys have had a great week. I mean, May was just the month of all months. It did not disappoint. Um, so many wonderful things popped off in May. It was our anniversary, our one-year anniversary for our Black Expats in Panama Cultural and Relocation Tours. It was Etnia Negra. It was Mother's Day. It was my birthday. It was just like so much good stuff happening. Old school cabaret. Um I really did enjoy uh, May this this year. So we have moved on now to June. And um, as you hear this recording, I am on the last day of our um, cultural relocation um, tour for June. And I'm sure that it's a blast. Um, I want to tell you all about some things that we have coming up. I'll tell you the details about our uh, cultural, our June cultural trip next week. But in the meantime and in between time, you don't want to miss our live Zoom. It's going to be sort of like a Black Sit 101 um, for people who just want to say, how do I get started? You know, people want to know, how do I get started? People want to know exactly what happens on the cultural relocation tour. You know, what are the legal ramifications? You know, how do I request um residency which residency should i request what about moving you know should i move all my stuff should i not move all my stuff what is it like buying furniture over there um just a ton of stuff you know what what happens to me as a veteran when i come over can i use my insurance you know what's up with the health care over there what's happening in the united states uh with the the real estate you know should i make a move right now should i wait find out what the climate is on that find out what the climate is on purchasing and leasing properties in Panama. We just have a all-star lineup for you guys um, to give you as much information as possible. So you definitely want to stay connected. You want to go to blackexpatspanama.com. And that um, live Zoom is going to air on June 8th at 7 p.m., Eastern Standard Time. And we'll also give you an opportunity to whiz around our new um, BCP, our Beep Community Platform. So that's June 8th. June 10th, um, we are going to um, see a live salsa band right in Brisa the Gulf Norte. So for all my folk that are listening, that are in the city or in and around the city, if you want to hang out, you haven't heard a good live salsa band lately, you know, check, check, check us out. We're going to have a meetup in Brisa de Golf Norte on June 10th. And you definitely don't want to miss it. The place where we're going is La Salida. And it is a super, super, super nice, you know, airy, large um, club. So that's that. The other thing that we're doing on June 17th, we are commemorating Juneteenth holiday right here in Panama with our Catamaran Toboga uh, Cruise. It is a private um, uh a catamaran for us just us baby and uh we're going out to toboga if you want to learn more about that y'all can just check my um link tree now charlotte van horn and we have i have all of this stuff plus previous broadcasts in there so that's all my announcements 
Okay, so now what I want to tell you about, I'm going to shift to our next um, guest on the show. Our guest on the show today is Melva Andre. And Melva is my neighbor and friend. Um, I met her when I came here and I met her through hair too. Um, but she is just absolutely amazing. The other thing I like about Melva is that Melva is Panamanian. And so she is among the group of, I mean, lots and lots of Panamanians who are returning to their home country from the United States. So we want to talk to Melva about her perspective of being a returning Panamanian and, you know, what it was like making that transition from the States and how things are going um, right now. And so we're growing up, y'all. Instead of me just having y'all wait while I get that sister on the line. This is Charlotte Van Horn, Black Expats in Panama, right here on BlackSidRadio.com. Be right back. Hey, everybody. It's your girl, Charlotte Van Horn, Black Expats in Panama. And I'm coming to you today to make sure that you know about our new Black Expats in Panama community platform. That's right. Our BEEP community platform, or BCP. That can be found at blackexpatsinpanama.net. Just click on that link that says join the community. There you will find businesses, groups. As members, you'll be um, privy to events, you can have you can sell things with the classified um, section. You'll get exclusive information offering and interviews. You get discounts on Black Expats in Panama meetups and tours and ITA global um, events as well, and so much more. So go over there, check out the membership, see which one is right for you, and let us know if you have any questions. Thank you. Melva, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I'm so glad to have you. And so everybody knows Melva is my neighbor. She lives in the amazing Brisa de Golf Norte that I talk so much about. And um, Melva, I told the audience a little bit about you before you came on, but I just want you to tell us about yourself. Uh, we know that you are a returning Panamanian and um, did you, you grew up here in Panama. When did you leave and go to the States? Yes, I was born in Panama. Mm -hmm. Left in 1971 and went to the United States. Mm -hmm. I stayed in the United States for about 50 years. Wow. So when you went to the U.S., where, where did you go? What state did you go to? I started out in New York, mm -hmm. but it was overwhelming for me because um, I wasn't used to that culture where people mm -hmm. wasn't friendly. And Charlotte, as you know me, I'm the outgoing bubbly person. Yeah. So <laughs> I didn't sit well with me. Yes. So I decided I think I'm going to return back to Panama. Okay. I had a friend that had invited me to the States and she was in Pennsylvania and she told me she was moving to Washington, DC. And if I would like to come and try it out. So I packed my bags and I was supposed to go on for a weekend and I fell in love with Washington, DC. It was much more 
friendlier and and more more welcoming you. So um, my aunt was in too happy. She had all this plan for me. And when I told her I was not coming back, she was not a happy camper. She, your, aunt, your aunt in New York? My aunt in New York. Yes. Was it Queens or Brooklyn or? It was in Brooklyn, New York, right off of that she lived. I remember uh -huh. the seven prospect place. Got a job, was supposed to start the next day. And I just pick up. I, I was supposed to start on Monday and I pick up on left and didn't come back. So how old were you, uh, Mama? 22 when I came to the United States. Wow. So so how much time did you give New York? <laughs> how long were you there? <laughs> enough, to, enough to get an interview and got a job. I think yeah. about, about three months, maybe. <laughs> about three months. And you just knew? Yes. Just moved. Just right? You just knew. And I, I mean, I, I feel you. I, I, I could never live in New York. I mean, yes. I'm from New Jersey. And I could never, I could never live in New York and kind of for some of those same reasons. Um, and then also just the fact that if everything is so tight, especially if you're talking about, you know, the city or the suburbs of the city, yes. it's, it's just everything is so tight. Um, people are just in, you know, everybody's in such a hurry, like, you know, all the time. And so I can imagine that was very interesting. I never knew that about you. And I, so I can imagine coming from Panama or from like places in the Caribbean where things are much more laid back. How yes. do you know people adjust to that? So you was like, nah, that's not me. And you almost came back to Panama. I almost came back to Panama. Yes. Wow. So now tell me, um, we're going to hop back to what happened when you got to D.C. But tell me what it was like growing up in, in Panama. Well, um. Growing up in Panama, I I can give you more information, I think, now that yes. I came back to Panama versus when I was in Panama, because as you know, I grew up with a real old-fashioned family. So I didn't do a lot of moving around. It's amazing. I, I when I went to the States, I never been to Colon. Was interesting. Wow. I, I never went to the interior. My grandmother, it was, a, you go to school, come back, work. So I never experienced Panama more than mm -hmm. Santana. Close to the president, I went to Santa Familia. It was a, um, a school for, uh, in Spanish is Modisteria, um, seamstress. And I, okay. I, yes, for seamstress. So I was a graduate seamstress and I, I, I loved to sew. I used to love to sew. I, so I worked at the factory. I That's why I love doing this radio show. <laughs> I get to learn so much about my friends and the people around me. Okay. Yeah, so that's when I um got married. Got married at 18. Mm -hmm. Um it was a uh a kind of jumping out the frying pan into the fire because my parents were so strict but i had no experience of being married my husband was 19 so we was young and and it just didn't work out because yeah. it just didn't work out <laughs> so yeah. that's why i had to go to the united states and maybe try out something new at that time i had my twins i had a set of twins uh-huh that was born uh -huh. in Panama. Wow. So, and, and you know, really marriages when the husband is 19 and the wife is 18, you know, I think when they do work out, 
it's 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 really it's it's a miracle almost. I know yeah. back in the day it was like we had so few choices that even though a lot of them didn't work out, they they still stayed together, you know. Um, but yeah, it's rough when you're young, and then you had twins, twin boys, a boy and a girl, a boy and a girl. Okay, okay, a boy and a girl. Okay, so. Then and then it was after that that you decided to go to the state. Were you going to Were you going to go and get things set up and then bring them along afterwards? That's how people normally do. That's correct. Yes, I had a friend that I went to school with, and her mother sent for her, and she's the one that invited me. I wind up in New York because my aunt, my aunt, my father's sister is the one was sponsoring me. Mm -hmm. So that's why I went to New York versus you know to Philadelphia where my friend was, mm -hmm. um, when she told me about Washington, I, I really fell in love with Washington, I really did. Wow, so then that says, so once you, once you got to Washington, um, so you you weren't a seamstress there, right? Um, I tried, but it was different. I find out that in New York, it would be better for me getting in, into my career versus in Washington, mm -hmm. so it, it was not a lot of fabric in um in Washington DC. That was more like New York. I could have I could have done better. Um, so I find a job at Washington Hospital Center, mm -hmm. and I worked there for sixteen years. Wow! Washington Center. Oh wow! One of the things that was amazing prior to that, I found like a little a quick job. And it was F.W. Woolworth is on 14th uh -huh. Street. Yeah. And um, it was amazing when I got my first paycheck. I was dancing. I was jumping because I was making, I think, $2.95 an hour. Wow. And this was like, I was rich. Yes, yes. And the American people was looking at me and asked me if I lost my mind. And I said, well, if you came from a country where you was making $60 an, an hour, I am rich. I don't know about you all. <laughs> you mean $60 a month? Or $60 an hour. 60 cents an hour. Oh, you said $60. No, oh, so it was 60 cents. No, no. 60 cents 60 an hour. An hour. Wow. And I told her I was rich making $2.95 an hour. You know? <laughs> yes. I mean, I'm glad that you bring that up because it's about perspective. And, yes. and, and when you go to a country, that has offers opportunities that weren't in the country that you came from. I mean, the, there are people that are there in the country that you go to that just look, just pass by it every day and just, just take it for granted. But, yes. you know, that's why they talk about them foreigners taking all the jobs and stuff. Shoot, foreigners yes. come to the United States and be like, y'all don't want this? We yes. got it. You yes. know, for I, real, for real, for I real. I experience that a lot. I experience yes. a lot. I remember working at the hospital center and somebody said, you're never getting into the conversation that we are having. And I said, why should I? You guys talking about foreigner um, come here to get your job. And to me, you can lose what you never have or if you do, what you don't want. <laughs> so uh -huh. I don't see why are you going to say that we take it. And I said, I am a Panamanian. I'm Hispanic. And she said, well, you don't look like you're expanding. I said, that's the problem. Discrimination mm -hmm. is discrimination. Nation yeah. is discrimination. So how yeah. can I get involved in your 
discrimination against the Caucasian people, when you discrimination discriminating against foreigners, mm-hmm. you don't even know me, but you're talking about me and I'm sitting here and you have no idea that you're talking about me. Yes. And and I think that's that's another interesting point that I didn't expect to come up. But I mean, I think that some people, because you are Afro Panamanian, you know, yes. they don't they didn't understand a, a lot of people like me. When I met Alfredo, even he said he was from uh, uh, Panama. I said, oh, that's nice. Come, please. I didn't know what Panama was. I didn't know where Panama was. And then when he spoke Spanish, I was like, oh, my God, you speak mm-hmm. Spanish. And he was like, girl, I'm Panamanian, you know, and so it's just a level of ignorance. It was just a level of ignorance. And um, and then, you know, I mean, that was D.C. and D.C. was much more progressive. Of course, I come from a very small place in New Jersey, Glassboro, New Jersey. But girl, let me tell you something. I never knew that there was anything other than a black Puerto Rican. If I saw a black person speaking Spanish, I say, you know them black Puerto Ricans, girl, they was Dominicans and wherever else. They would come and pick during the uh, summer. But we were so ignorant in the sense that just unexposed, you know, just unexposed that the only, we didn't grow up with hardly any Hispanic people around us. And uh, it was black or white. When I was growing up, it was black or white, (laughs) no gray. No mm-hmm. great, the most mm-hmm. amazing thing. But when they, but then, you know, so the only blacks that we saw speaking Spanish was Puerto Rican. So we was like, oh, you know, the black Puerto Rican. <laughs> yeah, yes. So that's interesting. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm sure that probably you taught them something. Yes, I did. Because Alfredo ran, Alfredo ran into that as well in New York. And um, because, you know, he said there was a lady across the street that just hated his guts, you know, and said that he took jobs. So he was taking jobs, walking to work and all this kind of stuff. Right. And she thought that he she felt like he took jobs from her son who did not want to work. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, still say it. They still say it. And yes. but thank goodness we keep we keep moving. Okay, so you go to um you go to DC and then yes. and then you uh you worked at Woolworths and you worked at the hospital. And yes. then you ended up getting into the hospitality, right? Yes, I got into the hospitality. Um I moved from Washington, DC, actually, when I met my husband. Mm-hmm. My husband's from Haiti, and mm-hmm. he originally had all his family members in Florida. And he kind of invited me, let's go to Florida. And I thought it was closer to Panama. If I wanted to travel, it was cheaper, it was better. So I did. I, I left the hospital, and I went to um. Miami, Florida, and I live in plantation. And that's where my husband at that point started to work. He was working with Marriott. And he went into human resources and they told him that somebody was leaving and they um, they was looking for someone. And he told me, so I went to Marriott and filled an application. Um, Marriott was very interested because they kind of taught me that it was one of the best company 
I think that I work for because they really look out for their employee and they they believe in in promoting within. Mm-hmm. So they told me that I was a great candidate. However, they had someone that was moving from Washington, D.C., transferring into Florida. So I was the second candidate, and they told me they would hold on to my application. At that point, I, I had a little job working for um, uh, a company that was doing uh, charge. Uh, it was a hospitality company, but from the insurance where they was just, you know, doing billing for the insurance company. So I started it. So I figure I have a job. If I didn't get that, I still had a job. So mm-hmm. I was, but it's so happy that the Lord working, always working in my corner at some mm-hmm. point. Um, I got a, a phone call from the HR manager and she said, are you still available? And I said, yes, I am. She said, it's so happy that the young lady decided that she didn't want to leave DC and she turned down the job. And we really wanted you because one of the things that stand out, you are bilingual. Uh-huh. And needed that. So that was a big play for me. So that's how I started at the Marriott in Washington, D.C., in Human Resources, yes, in about 1990. Yeah, so, okay, so wait, I thought y'all had went to Florida. Oh, that's, that was I, in Florida. Okay, that was in Florida. That was in Florida. And then somebody from D.C. was coming to the Florida office. And how did you end up? I, th- I missed something. Because she works for Marriott. And they if they have someone that is transferring within their company and they yes. get an outsider, the person that's already working for the company gets the first try. Right. Okay. Okay, so the job, so you were already at Marriott. No, I wasn't. I was at the billing company. I just applied okay. at Marriott. I okay. Was never at that time. Okay. I, was, I, I left Washington, D.C., the hospital, went to that billing company. Right. And looking at the billing company, my husband was at Marriott. Okay. So, okay. I don't know. I don't know why I thought you said he, you and, you and him went to Florida. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, he went to Florida and I did, and then convinced me to move and I did. Okay. And then when you got the Florida, and I'm sorry, y'all, I just want to make sure I got it straight. So then yes. when you got to Florida, the opportunity opened up. Yes. But it opened up for DC. It opened up, it opened up for someone in DC that applied for transfer with the, she was already working for Marriott. Okay. I was outside of coming in to work for Marriott for the first time. So okay. they explained to me what, what their system was because even though that I was well qualified, she had the first pick at the position yes. because she was internal. Internal. Gotcha. She she decided after two weeks after they offered her the position that she did not want to leave DC. Wow. So okay. they called me and asked me if I was still interested in that position. Mm-hmm. And I said yes. And that's how I started over with Marriott. Okay, so then you ended up staying with that's how, and you ended up with Marriott, right? I ended up. That's where you retired. For three years, I worked for Marriott. Wow. So tell me this: When did you know that you would one day want to return to Panama? Did you always know that? No, 
I never, I think I went to the United States for at such a young age. I feel like that was like really my first home in my mind. Uh-huh. That the freedom that I didn't have in Panama with family and stuff, you know, this was a great opportunity. So I never had a plan to move back to Panama. Wow. However, my husband, we traveled a lot, me and my husband, because my mom was alive at the time. So we visit a lot. And he kind of fell in love with Panama. Wow. So start talking about retirement. I was planning to go back to Florida. And he said, well, what about we go and look around in Panama and see if we would like to retire? And I said, really? And he said, yes. And I said, oh, well, this is an opportunity. I started to do my research and I was look, I saw that, okay, ret- being retired, we are the, on a fixed income. And um, I think it would be better I would, to live in Panama because it was yes. more economic. Yes. That's when we started to, um, to look around. Mm-hmm. It so happened that my sister-in-law, brother was living in Princess community and he had bought a house and he was living in California. Mm-hmm. So she said, she said to me, before you go looking, because I'm a person that's very prepared and organized. I had my W-2 form. I had a job later. I was, when I came, once I make up my mind that I yes. that's what I do, I came you, ready. you had an opportunity, you was going to be ready to move on it. Exactly. So they had a fear. And, um, you know, and it was right then, Alvex, uh, where you live. Okay. Uh, and um, I went to the fair, and when I saw their their apartment, I mean, their houses, I really fell in love. I said, wow. What year was that, Nova? Um, 20, I saw it in 2014, 2015. Okay. 2015. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, you need to pick a land. And all that. And when I saw the beautiful of the showroom, I thought, you know what? This would really make me feel like I'm still in the United States because things were so modern. Yeah. And encouraged me to, yeah, okay, make a decision. While we was at the fair, because I had all my papers, and so they said, you want to um, pick out a house? And I asked my husband, he said, yes, we really love that. We gave okay. them all our information, and within three days, we was approved. Wow. And um, and we went back to the States and waited for about a year and a half for them to build a home. Yes. So, I mean, it sounds almost like what we did. So you didn't do no whole bunch of house shopping, house hunting and all that. Not at we all. didn't either. Your story, the way that you ended up buying sounds, you know, sort of like the same as ours. And by the mm-hmm. way, you know, uh, uh, Melvin and I live less than a mile from each other. Yes. Um, but we did the same thing. We we came, we started our process, it was either 2010 or 2011. So this, uh, our community was one of the first ones of the newer communities going up. Yes. Actually, there were some like a little bit further down past the Rotunda um, yes. that were, yep, his cousin had lived in there. And I think that was our first exposure, my first mm-hmm. exposure to uh, but it's so developed um, since then, especially with all the new stuff. So, so then you, then you made plans to come back to, um, to, to Panama. Yes. 
So when you decided to come back to Panama and the house was finished, did y'all just make that move at that time? Did you come and do a little bit and then go back home and do a little bit? How did you make that transition? Actually, when we went for um, settlement, um, my husband was here. Mm -hmm. uh, my daughter that is called in Atlanta, she came with my two grandchildren, her husband and my brother and all of them was chipping in because one of the, sh the, the shocking news was no life in a house. I grew up in a house and everything was in a house. And I realized it was only wires hanging. Yeah. We had to <laughs> everything. I, I couldn't believe it. No light, no, nothing. No yeah. stove, no refrigerator. I was nothing. in shock. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. nothing. No air conditioned units. Nothing. No, I mean, because I mean, you see the, the model home and you know, some stuff is upgrades, but we, in our mind, we know that if you build in a house in the United States, they're going to give you the basic, you yes. know, the basic stuff. And then you can decide to upgrade it during your process or when you take possession of the house. Child, yes. I had no way to know that we was going to come into this brand new yeah. house and have no no light fixtures. Nothing. I mean, nothing. 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 So that was, that was interesting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, but we survived. We did it. I was blessed that my brother was an electrician and he was an animal, so he installed a lot of stuff for us and created yes. bed and he put air condition in the main. Oh, wow. that, we all, oh that was good. Yeah, so, yes, it was good. Because that's it. Those are major expenses. I mean, you yes. know, when you first you know move into a place, I wasn't expecting it. It was, I guess, it's something if you're expecting it. And I'm so glad we're talking about this now because somebody is saying note to self. You know what I'm yes. saying? Yes. Um, yes. Make sure you ask the questions when you're building in an international space. Ask the questions, and or yes. or maybe you know what I think because sometimes you don't know what questions to ask, right? That's correct. So I just thought to myself, probably in hindsight, when I, if I was building in an international space, what I would do would to be explain what my experience is. So yes. in other words, say to them, well, I built in the United States and this is kind of how that goes. Can you tell me how your process differs? Yes. I think that would be the best way. Very important. Yes. 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 Muy importante. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, so so now you came here and you did um a relocation and you moved your furniture from um uh, the US and you used a moving company that you were very satisfied with. And yes. tell us about that experience. That experience was was great because um <clears throat> I found this moving company online and I get in contact with a person and um, I was able to, I wanted to bring all of my furniture. And one of the reasons I wanted to bring everything, I wanted to feel because I was gone so long. When I looked around my bedroom, my living room and everywhere that I could see that I'm still living where I was. <laughs> that was not <laughs> the now mentality. Familiarity. Yes. Yes. And I think you're still at home. I did the same thing. Go ahead. Yes. Yes, I brought most everything. So that helped me a lot to feel that, hey, I'm just 
moving from one house to another in the United States. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, recess, I fell in love with recess. Um, and one reason is because my brother lived like 20 minutes away. And um, we was looking around prior to coming and doing anything. We were just looking when we came on vacation. And I thought I wanted to live somewhere close to my brother for emergency or if anything happened since yeah. I haven't been here for a long time. I didn't know my way around. Panama have changed in 50 years, even though I came every year, but I didn't visit a lot. I came to spend time with my mother and that's what I did. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty new to, new for me, but um, recess has been fantastic. They, they have everything. You don't have to go downtown for anything. I yes. am so confident. Yes. It's self-contained. Recess yes. and Gulf Norte and recess in general is self-contained. Yes. Yes. And there's more, there's starting to be more and more communities like that in, in Panama, in the city yes. and surrounding areas. Yes. So, yes, yeah. because I have visit family members and yes, um, is El Dorado. Those are nice places also. Yeah. So Panama it, it's, Pacifica. It's nice. um, yeah. And Panama Pacifica is another example of them. Exactly. You got the Costa del Este, you know, yes. they're, they're self-contained areas um, that yeah. you don't, that got your grocery stores, your restaurants, you know, mm-hmm. and everything. So that's that's cool. Okay, so you so in other words, so then when you came to go for your closing, you didn't already have your stuff shipped though. Have, was your stuff already shipped at that point? Um yes. Yes. So you because- had your stuff shipped before closing. Um very close to closing very close. It, it so happens that the person that I contracted, <clears throat> we became friends. Yes. And he had a depositor in Panama that was there empty and she was coming one day with a container. She says, if you definitely know that you want to bring this, um, you could put this in the depositor because I literally was going to be uh, getting a two bedroom home and keep my stuff instead of paying um, uh, storage. And she suggested, and I just pay her monthly. So my stuff was in Panama almost six months. Oh. And my brother was able to get, she let him have a key and he would go and check weekly. On okay. Stuff. And yeah. check on the stuff. So, and then you also, so you shipped a 40 foot container? Yes. Yes. Okay. So you shipped a 40 foot container plus you brought your vehicle, so right? Actually, no, I did a 20. I didn't do a 40. Oh, you did 20. Okay. Yeah. I kept the car and certain things. The things that I was not using is what came, you know, until when I was going to do the finance shipping. Yeah. So at the second time, I didn't need a 40 because half of the stuff was here. So I still got a 20. Okay. So you had shipped some stuff individually. It didn't yeah. not yes. okay. Okay, then you did the 20. And the 20 was it mainly to put you put the car in? Yes. Or just the no. one? No, because when I came for one year, my husband stayed back in the States and he worked uh-huh. for a year. I lived down here and I traveled. So I only brought my car. Okay. Yeah. First year. Uh-huh. Yes. Okay, so you bought the Toyota first, the first yes. year. Okay. Okay, and then you had all your stuff. Once you got your stuff here, did you say to yourself, "I bought too much stuff"? 
Do you yes. think? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I wind up. I was just looking at stuff and I said, oh my God, I have these packed up for five years. I never even take them off the box. Like my China, I didn't buy a China. Yes. So, so yes, I could have. <laughs> exactly. It's not going to happen yes. again. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I, I did too. And I think, you know, not knowing, um, I wanted to feel comfortable. Um, yes. I wanted to feel the familiarity of having the things because we had built up our house at, over the years. But, you mm -hmm. know, we're really stuff that we loved, just stuff that was suffice and yes. stuff that if we ended up renting the house out for a little while, which we did, that mm -hmm. if somebody damaged, it wasn't going to be a major thing, you know. Uh -huh. um, but at the end of the day, I do have particularly my art. You know, I couldn't yeah. part with my art. I couldn't part with my art. And I know I'm probably going to have to, you know, either sell some or mm. something like that. Or, you know, give. I've given quite a few things away. We've given away our, our bedroom sets that we had here. We placed them yeah. at the stage. So, you know, it's a process of um, getting it together. Now, let me ask you about when you ship in your car, because you are a citizen. And so yeah. and you're a citizen and and you you do get some benefits uh, yeah. when you are returning Panamanian. What what of those benefits can you think of? And I know you're not a lawyer or advisor or anything like that, like, you know, just you're out of your personal experience or knowledge. Um, yes, they give you like a 25 percent discount on the shipping. And I looked at it. It could be either way it offset the taxes or you get a discount or whatever they cost you. You can, you know, associate it whichever way. Okay. So, um, but you get a 25% discount for being um, retired on your citizen. Okay. Okay. So then, and you, and, and, and so when it came to your car, there was nothing special at all. When there were no, no special no. allowances, it just, it was just the overall shipping um, discount. Yes, one of the things that that um, I find out by you getting that twenty five percent discount, you could not sell that car before five uh -huh. years. You had to wait after five years before you could sell the car. Okay. You didn't have to pay taxes when you sell it on the car. However, you had to pay. Um, you couldn't sell it before that period. Okay, before five years. Okay, got you. Yes. Got you. Okay, uh, now uh, that 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 finally clicked in my head. I get it now. So, okay, so you came and you got settled and that was what? That was in 2015 or you, was it, what year was it? It was actually 2015 when you closed? Um, 2016. You, you, you've decided to go back to the States. Yes. Right? So you're going to be selling your home. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> And the reason I decided to kind of struggle with it for a long time because um, my husband, my husband has hypertension, uh, diabetes, and cholesterol. Mm -hmm. And he needs monitoring every three months, 90 days. Mm -hmm. He's not comfortable traveling by himself. So we have been traveling sometimes in the past five years. We wasted not wasted because it was warranted, but mm -hmm. we spent some money in traveling because I can convince him to, to travel by himself. Because when you don't speak a language, it gets a little confusing and a little intimidating. So I could understand. Very much so. 
Yeah. yeah. So I traveled with him. <clears throat> so we, we, um, and at one point he was going to get his residency, but because he was traveling every 90 days, every six months, sometimes we, he decided he's not going to do it. And then he's figured that there's so much money going into airfare and he yeah. wanted to go back. I, he, I worked on him for two years because I really didn't want to. <laughs> You work one of the things that I loved about Panama <laughs> is the peace, the peace that I have down here. You know, you have children, right? But they yes. always in your life. So when anything happened major, I can get a phone call and say, I feel bad. Yes. I don't have to run to their house and they run into mine. So that was like golden. <laughs> <laughs> and besides, um, I find myself going back to the States and making a lot of comparison. Uh, I, I call ourselves uh, people that is Panamanian, that is American citizen also. I call us Pan-American. Uh -huh. And I find that a lot of Pan-Americans think that Panama is very expensive. In a sense, it is, but I looked at it, at the people that live here, the money that they live, and I think we Pan-American cry more about the expenses than the people in that live here, you know? And it's an experience because I admire them because the way I see they live, I'll give you a prime example. I have not heard one of them complaining about the gas. People in the United States make thousands of dollars and big figures and they're crying every day. And these people just do what they have to do when they have to do it and happy about it. Yeah. And I really admire them for that. Mm -hmm. uh, and the next thing that I admire also, that I can walk in the street and you don't have a lot of beggars and homeless people because these people are so united with their family. They take care of each other. That have not changed over the years yeah. in this country. And, and you love to see, I, I'm happy sometimes to give them a dolly when they send them bananas and they're doing the little stuff in Panama on, on the streets. I yes, yes. The street vendors. And street light vendors. The street light yes. vendors. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And they are working for what they need. Don't care how yes. little it is. And I really admire them for that. And I, you know, yes. and people may say Panama don't have jobs. Panama have created a lot of little jobs for people. Sometimes you say, well, why do they need so many people doing that one thing? But when I looked at it, they're giving somebody a job. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. The downside about that is the mental development is not there. And because they have not really trained their associate, mm -hmm. I was thinking if they could get even a manager um, that were that associate able to call instead of stopping the whole entire line to take care of one customer and teach them the basic. When I worked with, with Marriott, I thought the Hispanic, you don't have to speak the language that's not your native language, but the basic is in Spanish, un momento, in English, one moment. Mm -hmm. You tell the guest one moment, you call the supervisor, the supervisor handle that while you take care of the other job. Someone, so training, yeah. training, training. If they have training in Panama, it's a wonderful, it is beautiful, you mm -hmm. know, but the development, no se nada. And you know that word. I don't know anything. Don't ask uh, anything. Uh -huh. it's, to me, it's gotten better. I yes. think that it has gotten better. 
Yes. So, so I guess it's a slow, it's a slower process. Yes. And certain places you go, yes, they try. They will. Yes. And I think that I love about them. Um, so most of the place, I would say 80%, you ask them for something. And if they don't speak it, they walk with you and take you to the place where you need to get what you need. And yes. I thought that excellent also. So yes, yes I'm going to, I'm going to miss a lot from Panama. I look at the, I was talking to my husband. He loved to go to McDonald's from time to time. He's not a fast food eater, but we would go to McDonald's and get the chicken sandwich and we buy for two people, and with our discount, is like $12. We went back to the States, and when they tell me $22, I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> the same exact thing with the same story. <laughs> I, am going, I am really going to miss that. Oh, my gosh. You know, yeah. I do not eat McDonald's. Well, I, I don't really eat McDonald's yeah. or fast food that for that reason, right. really, other right. than maybe a little Chick Fil A here and there, but uh, but I have, I do not eat McDonald's here. Right. I've never eat. I've never really got eaten McDonald's yeah. here, and uh, that that is so interesting. It's interesting but because it, my husband is a chef, as you know. And yes. Oh, he loved McDonald's. Yeah, he liked to get his little his little Mickey D's fix every now and then. He's amazing. The Mickey D fix. Don't worry, you're going to even stop on Mickey D and get that sandwich and the French fries. So yes. So yeah, but otherwise, like I said, um, if you educate yourself a little bit, because everybody know about the Wago Beavers, um, mm. you know, um, but if they know that you know what you're talking about, they meet you. They 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 you know kind of like, <laughs> but otherwise, I think um is really a great place to to retire. Well, I, I want to say that, um, so you will be um, selling your home. As a matter of fact, you are actively selling your home and we yes. will definitely um, put the link in as we're, uh, as yes, as we release this, um, definitely want to do that. And tell me this, and her home, by the way, is very lovely. Um, we'll put a link. It has a video um, and, and everything. And I think that really, um, I look at a lot of, a lot of new construction because yes, yes. we do the relocation tours and it's just easier for us to present those properties because this, the model home is set up. You don't have to yes. worry about, you know, somebody being home or somebody not being home and things like that. But we show them those areas because it gives them an idea of the area and of the cost of new construction. However, mm -hmm. Um, you know, if they want to stay and look at individual properties and stuff like that, we have uh, real estate professionals to help them and everything. But mm -hmm. I think that what I see is the pre-existing uh, properties and the prices that you pay for pre-existing properties is such a bargain. I yes, mean, it I think that yes, you it get a lot for your money when you yes. go with a home that's, that's pre-existing. And unlike yourself you know you're they're not going to walk into your home at this point and find the lights you that's know right. so uh that that's so that that's that's a benefit too you already have things into the home so that adds even more value to the pre-existing yeah. um unit so hopefully um you'll be able to sell that house for what you want um soon and so that you can you can move back to the states and I know that you'll continue to come back and forth because you still have family here. 
definitely. I would pretty much travel not twice a year, but at least once a year because Panama also have some very inexpensive activities that you can go for two people and pay less than a hundred dollars. Yes. You're going to say you can't find that and you have yes. such a great time. You meet great people. So that is yes. something that on the miss yeah so, so i would be traveling back so tell me this and i appreciate you coming on with us as we close um how how do you find when you run into black expats in in panama you're returning panamanian like you know how do you find us like what is your perception of the the number of african-americans that are coming here um to your country and then also what advice would you give us if we're considering being becoming black expats in Panama? Um, the advice that you would give, like you said, um, not only your company, I have gone to, to stores and run into people that, you know, would speak English and they say, um, are you from here? And I am proud to say I'm an American citizen, but I was born in Panama. Yes, I am from yes. here. Yeah. Yes. And, um, and I think, um, what I would, the advice I would give to people that are coming back, do something like you're doing. Learn the basic that you're able to communicate and it will make life easier. Yeah. I think Panama is working real hard now and getting a lot of bilingual um, mm -hmm. to do, which is, is great. And that was, would help them a lot because you have so many American, for one year I was traveling and it was all pretty much Caucasian and American and other foreigners that was coming into Panama. Yes. And I was like trying to tell him a little bit. And one guy said, I lived there for two years and I was so proud of him. He was saying it with proud. I didn't have to tell him anything about Panama. <laughs> <laughs> so that is good. Yes, we have a lot of people that <clears throat> really, and that's all you need to do. Like you go anywhere, just learn your basic mm -hmm. and it will help you. It will help you to understand a little bit more. And, um, before you move and and do your research about the, the facilities that you have um medical facility um and i learned to also what insurance when you're if you retire to take because i took um with my medicare etna and etna cover like a million dollars in panama if my husband gets sick or anything and um and my copay is only 75 percent. i learned that wow. so that's Yes, that is that was really good, and um, and then somebody shared with me things that I did not know that you can go to the hospital because you can't do clinics, but you go to the hospital, and if you get your bill, you can forward it back to the United States, and they will pay you that bill. They would take maybe two to three months, but that's another um, plus that you can do mm -hmm. yes. if you want your insurance and just pick up basic. They have a lot of clinics that works. Perfect. Yes. I have used several of them, you know, mm -hmm. several of them. You need to do that research before you leave. And then yes. also, and also with like some, you know, people that are going to be getting med Medicare, um, you know, people that are going to be getting Social Security, they say it is so much better to make sure that you at least have those things started before yes. you lose your, a U.S. address. I mean, you definitely yes. want to get all that started before you actually make that that transition full time. Exactly. 
um, exactly. because you, you know you you've earned those things, and yes. um, and there might be limitations to some <laughs> some of the ways that you can use Medicare uh, here, but there are options and it can help. Um, yes. So you definitely want to, and, and you all you definitely want to have yourself set for the states. If for mm-hmm. some reason you get sick, sick. And you know, you know that your copay or whatever is going to be uh, cost prohibitive. If for mm-hmm. here to do something here to go back to the states, get those things done, where more of your insurance kicks in. You know, yes. so trying to be strategic. Of course, you can't plan for emergencies um, that you you know that you don't know, but you can plan for what you can plan for. That's correct. Um, I'll give you an example. Um, through my Medicare, we can get um, almost seventy-five dollars a month um, off the counter, and I realized that I was able to order it and go back to the states and pick it up when I travel. Well, they blocked that out. CVS does not support in the international, so I can't order it. So that is two hundred twenty-five dollars I'm losing. However, what I did. There is a one eight hundred number. You're yes. able to call eight hundred number. I order it and I leave it at my sister in law. That's the that's my address there, home. And then when yes. I come back, I picked it up. So you find ways. So it's very important that you you research all that and find out what you get in the states besides your Medicare um, and the benefits. You might not able to use it in Panama. You couldn't order it from here. So yeah. Yeah. so yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's just about it's just about educating educating yourself and so yeah. so i gotta get ready to go but oh my goodness thank you so much for um spending time um with us i really like the stories about your your experience in the united states um yeah yeah i do i do because i think that some of us as you know I think that we should all learn to be more sensitive to foreigners coming into our country. And and I think that we can really take some cues on other places in the way that they uh, receive us. So thank you for bringing that to our attention and for spending time with us. And I will see you soon. That's correct. I'll get in touch. Okay. Thank you. And I'll go for inviting me. Yes, absolutely. And I'll grab I'll grab up that link for the house and uh, put it uh, put it in the um, description as well. Great, thank you. Thank you, Melva. And there you have it. That was Melva Honore, y'all. And uh, I appreciated talking to Melva because I don't get to interview a lot of returning Panamanians. I I want to interview more. I have interviewed a few. So if you're out there and you're a returning Panamanian, I'd love to hear your um, perspective. So I want to thank Melva for sharing. I think that my takeaway is our our perceptions of of foreigners and i've been i've been guilty of that myself when she was like you know people talking about foreigners coming and taking jobs and stuff (laughs) she's like how can i take what you don't want and honestly it's still the same situation and when you go to other places you know you come from a different perspective from whatever country you come from 
And so your ideas can be fresh. And whereas things that we wouldn't consider doing, people from other countries is like, I'll do it. You know, when she was getting 60 cents an hour in Panama and then they wanted to pay her two bucks an hour <laughs> in the States, she was like, I'm rich. So I definitely um, get that. I appreciate her sharing her story with me and I hope that it was uh, beneficial to you. Um, she is selling her home here in uh, Brisa de Golf Norte. If you're interested, she keeps a very nice house and you could be my neighbor. So definitely consider that. I'll have some of her information about her home sale in the links. Um, and the last thing I wanna say is that, you know, Melva was in DC in 1971 and i was like and she fell in love with dc and i'm like i wonder what kind of things was happening in dc to make her fall in love or whatever and um so i just looked it up like to see what artists were from dc and what was happening in 1971 well you know the first thing that I caught my eye was Marvin Gaye, baby. What's going on? Marvin Gaye's What's Going On was released in May of 1971. What an amazing, an amazing, an amazing, um, what a, just an amazing artist he was and just such a visionary. And as I listened to that song and because that's what I'm going to leave you with today, you know, it kind of made me feel a little bit sad because so much of what he was talking about in 1971, we're talking about today. And that just brings me to, listen, we have choices. We have a lot more choices than we did in 1971. And I'm just saying that um, America is, is, is really rough um, right now, but I just thank God that we have choices and we have options. Everybody get your passport. Then you can decide what you want or what you need to do at that point. But you've got to have your passport in order to really um, be in, in order to really start making a plan, if that's the direction that you want to go. So with that said, I'm going to leave you with Marvin. Um, I want to give a shout out to my main man, Daryl Spears, Elite Conversation Podcast Media. He has produced this radio uh, broadcast for me, and I just love him. We've been working together for a long time, and if you ever need um, some podcast um, help, call Daryl. He's the guy. Um, and so this is Charlotte Van Horn, Black Expats in Panama by way of Glassboro, New Jersey, right here on the amazing BlacksitRadio.com. I will see y'all next week. Until then, I love you, I love you, I love you, and there is just nothing that you can do about it. Peace and love, y'all.